0: Let us worship the Lord with a psalm, by turning to Psalm 27. Psalm 27 is a psalm where you want to go when you're tempted to be afraid, because David deals with some fear in this psalm, fear of enemies. But he encourages his heart in the Lord by past deliverances, he encourages his heart in the Lord, by the Lord's faithfulness to never forget or forsake Him. And he encourages and praises the Lord and beseeches Him to remember the motives of his heart. There's wisdom in the psalm for us to know how we ought to pray. There are things God that David declares about himself to the Lord, to beseech the Lord and to reason with the Lord as to why he should deliver David. And I hope that we can learn from it. We will not deal at length with it. We're just going to enjoy this Psalm. I pray that you have enjoyed some Psalms in the past week and that you will enjoy them in the weeks to come as I try to remember, to remind you about how the Psalms speak more directly to our soul than uh, some of the other parts of scripture, though they have their purpose as well. Right. Let us all rise. To honor the Lord, to honor His Word, and to read together in unison Psalm 27. Together. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked... Even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh. They stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidst, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Amen. Hide not thy face far from me, put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help, leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation." When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted, unless I had believed, to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen and Amen. You may be seated. The first three verses provide us a small division, if you will, as David encourages himself in the power and strength of the Lord and his past deliverances, so that David put his full trust in the Lord for his present and future difficulties. Verse 2 describes how the Lord had helped him in the past, that when his enemies, even the wicked men, had come to eat him up and destroy him, they had stumbled and fallen, and so David put his complete trust in the Lord for his safety. He says the Lord's his salvation. He says the Lord is his strength in verse 1. And why in the world and of whom should he ever be afraid? Right. And I give you this psalm from the Lord. And the Lord's given this psalm to you to comfort you in any time that you're afraid. David took so much confidence in his first two verses that he said in verse 3, though a host should encamp against me. And though war should rise against me, I'll be confident in the matter because the Lord's with me. And a host did encamp against David on numerous occasions. And war did rise against David on other occasions. And in all of it, David was victorious. It didn't matter whether it was his own people under the hands of Saul, Absalom, or the Philistines, or the Edomites, or the Syrians, David extended the empire of Israel, the kingdom of Israel, farther than it had ever been extended before and established forts as far away as the Euphrates all the way to the Nile from the other side of Jordan to the Mediterranean Sea. Now David in the second section which is verses 4 through 6, he tells the Lord what his motive is. And this is how You reason in prayer. If you're going to call on the Lord to deliver you from other men, that is for the Lord to discriminate and to treat you differently than other men. For you to do that, you need to identify what makes you different from other men. And so in the fourth verse, David points out, one thing have I desired of the Lord. It's not to crush my enemies. It's not to retire on the job as king. It's not to be back in my palace enjoying my harem. It's not to be rich. It's not to have peace. It's not to have pleasure. It's not to golf because I have a life of leisure. He describes his motive very clearly. One thing, not several things, and I've got a spiritual thing among them, one thing matters to me. And that is what I will seek after. And that's to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Just consider those words and how spiritually minded David was and how gratifying that would be to the Lord to hear such a statement from David. God had taken David from following sheep and made him king. David could very easily have been deceived by those, that riches and power influence and position in Israel but he wasn't this is what he wanted right the house of the lord and so when he prayed this way the lord was going to come to his defense be based on that prayer re- description in verse 4 of david's attitude and motive he explains in verse 5 that in the time of trouble because of this desire on his part the lord would hide him in his pavilion And I've explained that pavilion to you before. It's the great tent in the center of an army with its banner flying where the king or the captain of the host resides. And the Lord wants us to see a picture of heaven and all of its angels and the principalities and powers of elect angels all around us. In the center is the captain of the Lord's host. And when you desire the Lord's temple... And the Lord's presence as the only desire of your heart. When trouble arises, he will hide you in the secret compartments of his tabernacle. No common soldiers were ever allowed to be near a pavilion for obvious reasons. The difference between a king or the captain of the host and common soldiers is like night and day. The best guards, the archangel, Michael and Gabriel and the other great angels are around the pavilion, but it's within the pavilion, in a secret part of that tabernacle is where you're going to be kept, with the army of all the angels spread out into the distance in all of their tents, as the army of God's innumerable host is your protection. That's where the Lord put him and would lift up his head over his enemies, as verse 6 goes on to describe, and if and when, or when, God would deliver him from such trouble, and hide him in his pavilion, then David was going to respond, in the last part of verse 6, with offering sacrifices of joy. The Lord loves a happy people, and the Lord loves singing, and singing praises as the second half of verse 6 describes. So David has put his trust in the Lord and was not afraid of whatever might come against him. He told the Lord the reason, and that was that he might walk with the Lord and worship Him in His temple, in His chosen place. And he knew that the Lord would put him in His pavilion and hide him in a secret place, and that when the Lord delivered him, he was going to pay his vows by singing sacrifices of praise. Thus, halfway through Psalm 27. Now he asks the Lord to hear him. Verse 7, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. And he now appeals to another statement made by the Lord, Seek ye my face. Lord, you know among all men that when I heard that the God of heaven called on men to seek his face, thy face, Lord, will I seek when I heard that possibility for mere men like me to be able to see a vision of God and to be in the presence of God. When I heard about that privilege and pleasure, I said, that is what I want. And Lord, I have set myself to do that. Do not hide thy face far from me. Don't put thy servant away in anger. I know I've given you plenty of occasion to do so. I've given you plenty of reasons to do so, but don't do so. You've been my help. Don't leave me. Don't forsake me, O God of my salvation. Sometimes the Lord will withdraw His face from us. Just a little ways. Sometimes He'll withdraw His face from us. Just a little ways. Because He wants to know how important it is for us to see his face. And when the Lord withdraws, it's not the time to be discouraged or quit. When the Lord withdraws, it is the time for you to pursue the Lord and show your zeal for Him. And I mean this with all due reverence and respect. It's like a lover's game. Go read the Song of Solomon and see there, Solomon, representing the Lord, leaving his bride on occasion and that bride being sick that he had withdrawn himself rising in the middle of the night to chase him down in the streets of her city. And David had that same attitude and David's begging the Lord, don't leave me, don't forsake me. When you said, seek my face, you know, that was the desire of my soul and I've proven it by my actions. That man's going to, is going to be heard by the Lord of heaven. That man is so rare in the earth. If you are even a little bit like this, you distinguish yourself into the smallest of minorities. And it's only by God's grace that we would ever do it. Because it's by His loving kindness that He draws us to Himself. But boy, when He draws us, you better use that convicting power and do something about it. Or He can take away that convicting power and you'll be content with a life without God. David was in the smallest of minorities and none of you have a calculator small enough to calculate the minority. There are so few that truly want the face of the living God right. and consider that the one and only thing that they desire to behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. David was that way. What else did he pray? When my mother, when my father and my mother forsake me, Excuse me, verse 10, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Now it's a rare thing, it does happen. It's a rare thing when a father or mother will forsake their own children. The Lord knows that and all men know that. It's a rare thing. And David said, when they do, which would be a very extreme situation and highly unlikely, but when they do, the Lord will take me up. If my dearest relationship in life, the two people that love me the most, my father and my mother, they are the two people that love you the most, you will never marry anyone that loves you like your parents do. That's the general rule. Your spouse and their love for you is very different from your parents' love. Every parent knows that. Every godly parent knows that. But David said, if it were to be so bad that they were to leave me, the Lord will take me up. He went through his enemies, his casual acquaintances, and the dearest relationship that would take care of him, his father and his mother, and said, when they all fail, I still have you, Lord. I know that you will take me up. Since you will be so close to me, teach me thy way. There's only one way that we want to live, and it's the Lord's way. It's in verse 11. And lead me in a plain path. That way, don't confuse it to me, and don't obscure it, because I've got enemies looking for the least fault in my life. Show me thy way, and lead me in a plain path because of those enemies. And don't deliver me over to their will. For false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. David experienced that. Jesus experienced that. And the saints in Rome experienced that. False witnesses rose up to accuse the saints of God, and they've accused our fathers for 2,000 years about their religion, and that God has despised them and will forsake them. And David says, don't deliver me over to them. I know you're going to be there for me, even if my parents forsake me. The last lesson... Is in the last two verses, and it's an important one if you want to learn how to live the life of faith. I had fainted. Now that's a past perfect tense, but the rest of this verse alters the grammar of those three words. He didn't faint. I had fainted is past perfect tense, meaning David did faint before some event that took place in the verse. But no, it's I would have fainted. And we're given that by reading the rest of the verse. Grammar does not determine context. Context determines grammar always. I had fainted. I would have fainted unless. See, there's an unless there. The unless indicates he didn't faint. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That is a faithful man. The trouble could be physical. Do you feel like you're on the brink of fainting sometimes? The trouble can be emotional. The trouble can be family. The trouble can be financial. And you may feel like it's overwhelming. I had fainted unless. And you keep the unless part of this verse... And God will keep you from fainting. Amen. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I know that my life is going to be preserved by God one way or another. I know that the Lord will take me up when even my parents forsake me. I know that he'll hide me in his pavilion in the time of trouble. And knowing all those things, I'm not going to faint. That is, those are the everlasting arms that are underneath us. That is the rock and the foundation of our faith. Right. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. If I had lost my focus on God's goodness, that he was going to preserve me in the land of the living, I would have fainted. But I didn't faint because I didn't lose that confidence. And that confidence is what's described in Psalm 27. And Psalm 27 is to build your confidence. Until you can get to the place where, like David, you can say, Though a host should encamp against me, though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Wait on the Lord. Be patient. Wait on the Lord. Choose to believe that God is going to be good to you in the land of the living. Not just in eternity, but even in the land of the living. Choose to believe that. And strengthen yourself in the promises of God. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Because the Lord is with you. Choose to be courageous about what you're facing. And he shall strengthen thine heart. He has given us Psalm 27. We take Psalm 27 to take courage. When we take courage based on God's word, he then further strengthens our heart. Right. Wait. I say on the Lord. This is Psalm 27 and a simple explanation of it. May the Lord bless the Psalms to our hearts. May the Lord bless you to be full of faith like David was. May the Lord bless you to have a heart like David so that your prayers are heard like David's prayers were heard. Because one thing he desired of the Lord and that was to dwell in his temple and to behold his beauty and to inquire of him there about his will for his life. It was David's desire for God to show him his singular way of righteousness and to show him a clear path of godliness. It was David's desire to seek the face of God. And if those things describe you and they should describe you and they should describe you more now than 10 minutes ago and they should describe you more in two hours than when you rose this morning, you can wait on the Lord because he is going to strengthen your heart And he is going to deliver you and hide you in the secret part of his pavilion. And he will deliver you from all trouble. Let us be like David and put ourselves in a small minority. Not for our praise, but for his praise. Who gets all the glory in Psalm 27? The God of the pavilion. Not the poor little David who's hidden the secret part of it, but the God of the pavilion. The captain of the Lord's host, the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word. Amen.